Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Transform Your Life with Kelly and Lisa. I I don't even know how to start this show other than good morning, Lisa. <laughs> good morning, Kelly. <laughs> I you know when we when we were talking about doing this topic, um, it was before all of these recent hate crime and events and you know mayhem that's been going on. So. While I don't want to make all of that, you know, recent events um, a, the primary focus of this conversation, I do think we need to kind of talk about it because our topic, you know, in your dark side, you know, embracing your dark side, going to the dark side, all of that kind of stuff is kind of, in my mind, what has led to recent events is when you when you look at your darker feelings, when you look at things that that you notice within yourself like hate and anger and frustration and all of those things, if you keep burying them deeper and deeper and deeper and refuse to admit that you have these really dark feelings and that they are dark, um, sometimes I think they will blow up. And I think it becomes sort of a social disease where a lot of people who have not been talking about their feelings all of a sudden explode. And I think that's kind of um, what we've witnessed recently. It's, um, it's a really complicated situation, really, when you come down to it. But I think at its core, it has less to do with um, freedom of speech and less to do with disagreeing with people and and pointing fingers and more to do with these individuals at their own individual cores of who they are. I, I think they're very upset and very angry and, you know, what, what they're doing. And a woman was killed, you know, and, and that is horrible. But the overall event, that is a symptom not the actual disease. I, I think things like hatred and racism and hate crimes and, and bigotry and all of these things are symptoms of a greater issue. Uh, so many people contacted me over the last couple of days asking if we were going to talk about what happened over the past weekend on the show. And I kind of at first was saying, no, it wasn't my intention. But so many people are still talking about it that I thought maybe we should at least mention it. So that is my mention. What do you think, Lisa? Do you think that's a symptom? Do you think that's the actual disease? What do you think about that? Well, I think, first of all, I know that I contacted you almost immediately and was like, we've got to do something around the situation in Charlottesville because it was just that, horrendous I felt like I was back in you know 200 years ago and um, that I kind of it was like this whole time war back to a a period in America's history that that was acceptable with pitchforks and you know torches and it was just insane and um, I think you're right on with it it's a symptom I feel that it stems from something else fear is a one that comes to my mind um Mm-hmm. When, when, when a certain class of people have held a certain position for a very long time, and there's a threat 
to that status that it can stem fears of karma is going to come back and bite you. And, and I think that there is a, uh, there is a fear, an underlying fear. And I do think it's a symptom, not the overall disease because it stems from something else and, or, right. or maybe it's, not necessarily stems from something else, but there's a collection of other thoughts, emotions, feelings that bring it about. And, you know, we all, we always talk about look, look to yourself. If something triggers you, look inside and see what it is with you on the inside. And a lot of people don't really know how to do that. I, I'm guilty of it at times. It's like, well, no, you just, your voice grates on my nerves. And so I want to, distance myself from you and how am I supposed to reflect on myself and what's going on with me as far as certain triggers go and sometimes you just don't want to do that you just want to be angry at somebody or um, you know whatever the case may be it's when it's perpetual and it is your existence all over the time that it, it really is a problem Right, and you mentioned something, fear, and a friend of mine who is a psychologist, I am not, we are not psychologists, so we say that repeatedly on this show, but I do have friends who are, and when we were talking about the events, you know, she was looking at pictures, and I said, you know, what I see is a bunch of spoiled brats brandishing tiki torches they stole from their mom's backyards um, throwing temper tantrums that's what my first reaction was to how this all happened and who these people were and she said huh yeah I can see where you would think that but you know what I see when I look at them I said no what and she says terror I see terror I see a group of people who have been conditioned to you are the best, you are the best race, you are the best kid, you are the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. And now all of that is being called into question, where now they're being told, no, we are all equal. You are not better or worse, you are equal. And they don't know how to, how to cope with that. And that really echoes exactly what you just said, is that it does come from a fear thing and it does come from people not understanding how how they feel and how they should feel. And all they know is they don't feel good and I don't feel good. So it must be your fault, you know? And I think in many ways as, as the society, especially in the States, we kind of have to accept responsibility for making people feel that way because we've gone through a whole big, I know when, when I was little and I would listen to my grandmothers and all of her sisters and they were like, I don't know, 37 of them. No, not that many. But it felt like it when you were a kid and amongst all of these big people. Um, I think she actually had 14 sisters and one brother. So I would listen to them and I would listen to them talk about how, well, if you don't feel good, you need to figure out why and you need to feel better. You know, it's not, my, it's not my fault you don't feel good. It's your fault you don't feel good. And that was just the way that they dealt with things. If, if you were having a bad day, well, get away from me. Go off in the woods and figure it out. 
And I would hear those kinds of conversations, and that's what I grew up around. And I think we've gotten away from that. Oh, here, let me make you feel better. And when we tell our kids, and a whole generation of people have done that, probably several generations by now, oh, here, let me make you feel better. Let me fix it. Let me do something for you. You're taking away the power from your kids. And then what happens, and this is all just my opinion, um, what happens then, at least in my mind, is you create adults who do not know how to make themselves feel better. And then they get embroiled with a whole bunch of other people who don't you know, know how to make themselves feel better. And they've been told their entire lives, here, let me fix this for you. So they expect someone else to fix it for them. And when that doesn't happen as an adult, they lash out. And I think that's what we're seeing um, and again, people, this is my opinion. I, I know I'm going to hear about this, but that's my opinion. I think we have neglected for generations to take responsibility for our own actions and for how we feel. And if you are at a point in your life where you're not as successful as you should be, we've told people, well, that's because this person over here did that or because that person did that or life's just not fair. It's just not fair. And that has created a climate where people who don't know how to deal with their own feelings want to blame someone else for it. And then that fear and that anger and that hatred and all of those ugly feelings that we all feel from time to time aren't ever dealt with in a productive, positive manner. And they're allowed to fester and then you have an explosion like we had over the past weekend. So that's, that's all my personal opinion. And that's, um, but that's what I see. And that's how I see it. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't know. That's an interesting perspective. Um, I know that there's a lot going around on Facebook and social media about hatred is taught. And it absolutely is. Um, it is really when I look at my children and the diverse group of friends that they have, when I see my son go into a social setting, even at the age of 12, um, and doesn't matter who the child is, what the child looks like, what their skin color is, what their ethnicity is, nothing along those lines. If he sees somebody that he looks like he can have fun with, he's going to go and have fun with that kid on the playground. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, we, um, he doesn't, my son in particular, I know I talk about him a lot, uh, but I have had more of these experiences that um, lately, because my son's only 12 compared to my daughter who is going to be 19 next month or next weekend. So, you know, I have a little bit more um, relatable experience with my son in that, in that aspect. And, you know, he doesn't understand hate. He doesn't understand how people can be so mean to him, but he can be so loving and nice to people. But he even at that, with that thought process, will reach his breaking point and right. will, you know, lack out in some way because he just can't take it anymore. And so he'll, you know, scream at them or you know, eventually end up calling them hurtful things or I think at the end of the school year he said he slapped somebody because he was just done with this kid, you know? But, oh. 
okay, I don't know what to do with that. I don't, you know, I don't condone it, but I do understand that when I reach my breaking point and I, you know, scream at my children or get frustrated with them or whatever, and I don't, I don't scream as much as I used to, but I will admit that I was, you know, not a very, um, not the best at approaching how my feelings were being displayed, and I would, you know, reach out in the wrong way. So I, I can, I can relate in a way to the way that they behaved in this protest, but I can't relate to the reason why. As far as the hatred and the anger. Um, I know that when I wake up every morning and I see dishes in my sink every day and every day, there shouldn't be dishes in the sink. Y'all are at home at summer. There shouldn't be dishes in the sink. There shouldn't be dishes in the sink. And you just kind of reach the breaking point and you're like, why are there dishes in my sink? <laughs> you know, that's a completely different level than, than Charlottesville. Right. But, um, you know, I understand like this, this festering point. And I don't know, for me, when I get to that point, it's why why haven't I taken more responsibility for the fact that there's dishes in my sink? Why am I really not cutting off the Wi-Fi and not giving my kids, you know, access to all this stuff? Um, why am I not following through on the consequences? You know, is it really okay that I tell them every day there's dishes in the sink? Is it really bothering me that much that they're not following through like they should, or is it bothering me because I'm not following through like I should? So I think for me, sometimes it's an intelligence thing. It's like I'm not acting rationally or intelligently to express myself, to make you know, my concerns heard. And I don't even know if that's a, a link to how they're acting as far as this goes, because like I said, my reasons for being psycho, if you will, every once in a while is not linked to the same reason, but I can understand the reaction. Right. And I, I think one of the things that really, really set me off about this whole thing, it, it's horrible and hate is, is an evil, ugly, festering wound in the United States. And it has been for, for a very long, very long time. And we have kind of brushed it under the rug, so to speak, and not wanted to talk about it. And, oh, we've elected a, a, a black president. He was in office for eight years, and the racism no longer exists. And the whole time, having been raised partially in the South and having lived there off and on, I can tell you, when I was a kid, a lot of my older relatives were still fighting the Civil War. You know, I, it, I, was, I was really, really, really taken to task by my grandmother for going out with a guy in junior high school. It was a group thing. I was not dating when I was 12. <laughs> I was not. But it was, I went going out with a group, and this boy had just moved to my area from Minnesota. He was a damn Yankee. What are you doing associating with those damn Yankees? And I thought it was funny. You know, I thought, that's the most preposterous thing I've ever heard. You're a crazy woman. What do you mean? He's a perfectly kind person. But then 
I've always had a wide range of different kinds of friends. I always gravitated towards those people who had kind of been bullied and ostracized. Either they were the new kid or they were handicapped or they looked different or they acted different or whatever it was. So I got that a lot that what are you doing with that person? What are you doing with that person? So really it's, it's still been going on, you know, just because Barack Obama was elected president doesn't mean that we have, abolished racism it just kind of went underground and i think the current idiot in chief i know i'm going to hear it i don't care um personal opinion um i think he has kind of made it okay to these people to come back out into the mainstream to try and really assert their opinions because for eight years previously they were kind of Oh, I can't, I can't say that. I can't do that. I can't, you know, that kind of stuff. I think that's part of the issue, but I think we need to start teaching our kids. It's okay to be angry. You know, it's okay to disagree. And we need to start talking about how do we deal with those negative emotions that everyone has in a more positive manner. It's okay to talk about them. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to say, I'm really angry right now because I was really in a hurry and that guy cut me off in traffic. That's okay. And a lot of times when you look at what you're feeling, and first off, you have to admit it, (laughs) you know, a lot, oh, that didn't bother me. And then the whole day they're like, yeah, but it didn't bother you. Okay. You know? But uh, we have to look at that. We, we really do have to look at that. A lot of times simply looking at your negative emotion and ask, ask yourself questions. I'm feeling really angry right now. Why am I feeling angry? Well, I'm angry because the guy caught me, cut me off in traffic. Well, why is that really important? You know, why is that really bothering you? And eventually if you ask yourself enough questions, you will get to the answer. And I know I've said that on this show before, but it's absolutely true. And I do that almost every day. I do that. What am I feeling here? Why is that bothering me? You know, but that's a, that's a way of diffusing that inner frustration and that inner hostility sometimes, you know, if, if you just – question yourself why is that really bothering what was that really matter you know my grandmother had a saying 50 years from now none of this is going to matter well that's true and if you ask yourself 50 years from now is this really going to make it have made a difference and if you can say no then you probably you know need to just let it go you need to just look at it and why is it bothering you and is it really does it really matter i think a lot of what we're seeing now with people with the uh, for all intents and purposes they are domestic terrorists what they did was terrorize a group of people that makes them terrorists you know the fact that they are preaching nazi propaganda and they have swastikas all over everything is beyond appalling to me but they are terrorists and we need to stand up and say, that is not okay, you know, but it's sort of a backlash from all of the love and light stuff that we've seen, you know, for, for years. I think 
people are, are afraid to admit they have a dark side. They're afraid to admit that they're angry. Not to that degree. Those people, the white supremacist group, the Nazi party, all of that stuff, that is insanity. I mean, we literally did fight World War II against the Nazis, and we all decided that was not appropriate behavior. And yet here is this group of domestic terrorists claiming to be um, patriotic Americans, and they are going against everything America stands for. So that's, that's an entire thing that's not exactly what I'm talking about here. But when you have people, and I see it on social media all the time. I see posts by people all the time saying, well, I'm really depressed. I'm really feeling bad. I'm really... And then people will, well, you just got to look at the bright side. You just got to think positive. And that's not really constructive. I mean, yeah, we want to make sure people don't get depressed and then unpack and live there forever because that's not good either. But we need to understand that everyone has bad days. Everyone encounters something that makes them angry. Everyone gets frustrated. And we need to ask more questions. Don't just tell people, oh, pull up, you know, put a smile on your face, which is what we've been doing. Ask people, well, what's happening? What's going on? How does that make you feel? Why does that make you feel that way? If we really care enough about our society, we really need to start engaging and having these conversations. Um, One locally here, there was um, a boy who didn't understand why, uh, and he's, he's a kid. He's, he's, I don't know how old he is, but he is certainly a child. He's probably 8, 10, somewhere in there. But he was having trouble understanding why these people were, were wrong. Why, why does somebody have to be wrong and have to be right? Why, why do they think that way? And one of the things that they did with this kid was ask, well, you know, what do you think? You know, what would you do? What what do you think should be done now? Kids are a lot brighter than we give them credit for, and they know a lot more than we think they know. And a lot of kids were traumatized by what happened. And I, I haven't seen a lot of people on the news or social media or anything talking about the if this has had on our kids you know but kids understand you know that that this this was a really ugly thing that's going on and it's been all over the news and all over social media and all over all the talk shows and kids you know absorb a lot of that so i know you have kids has have they talked about this at all have they made any comments about what happened or asked any questions not directly but indirectly I have open conversations with my children all of the time about things that go on in the country and um, why keeping your eyes open is something that is very important to do Regardless of how old you are, you still have, you know, reactions to things. And so, you know, we do talk about things on those levels. I don't know that my son has I, – I don't put news on the televisions in my house. When I get my news that somebody shared a headline or I go to a certain, you know, news website and, and scroll through, 
um, I do my best to avoid anything negative. Um, although I do know that it happens in this world, I, I try to keep it out of my general bubble as much as possible. So I don't know that my son has actually seen anything on it. My daughter, she's dis- dis- disturbed and disgusted by all of it. Um, not just Charlottesville, but you know, lots of other events that we have seen in the last few years um, that, towards certain groups of people and whatnot. Orlando pops into my mind at the same time. You know, the the church mm-hmm. in Charleston, South Carolina, pops into my head at the same time. And, and so, you right. know. It's a conversation that we have, but my my kids, they're aware of it. They know my son's been bullied. My daughter is a lesbian, so she is in a certain group that gets the hate towards, you know, that group all, right. all the time. So, you know, we're very well aware of, of hate that happens. However, you know, we talk about it. They don't understand um how people can treat other people that way because that's not how they were raised to be to treat other people. But for the most part, we do, um, we know it's there and we're not trying to turn our backs to it. We just don't want it in our bubble all of the time because it's something that, that they deal with regularly. So. Right. That's the, that's really the best way that I can, that I can respond to that question. We have not sat down to talk about it so much. But my son and I particularly, I don't know that my son could handle that right now. He's very, he's very empathetic. And um, I don't know that that's something that I remember how he reacted with the Orlando, uh, the gay nightclub that was right. shot up. I know how he reacted to that. Um, and I know that this isn't the same situation that people are protesting in a hateful, um, you know, way as far as Charlottesville goes. But um, my daughter, she did mention it, but um, not it, it wasn't a huge conversation. And not only that, Britt was in South Carolina most of her life. Right. Well, up until like the age of seven or so. So she – Although we raised her, when I say we, because I was living with my parents and they helped me with her, and we raised her with diversity. There was still, I mean, you know, such a racial divide even where we were living. So it's something that seriously she's been around her whole life. Right. And and this right. is and something that like she's only caught from the news. Like she's experienced it. So. Right. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think that's one of the things that um, surprised a lot of my friends that I have on the West Coast because these things happen in the South and social media has really, really, really brought it to the forefront that, yes, this is still going on, particularly in the South. I, I know um, the other day on social media, a friend of mine uh, who happens to be a Lady of a certain age, we'll go with that, was, was sharing her story about uh, when she had lived in the South, and she was a young woman, and there was a, a woman who had been helping her at, around her house who happened to be a different race, 
and she thought nothing of giving the ride, uh, giving the woman a ride home. The woman was in the front seat of her car. They drove through town. It was a small town in the south, and it was, you know, it was not a peaceful ride home. Right. And she actually, she actually had the Ku Klux Klan burn a cross in her front yard that night. And this was not the 1800s. <laughs> you know, right. this was the 1960s, 70s, somewhere in there in the South. So it was after the, you know, the, all of the civil rights movement. It was after all of that. And I think that's what people in other parts of the country find so surprising is that this is not new. This has never gone away. Hopefully the fact that more people are talking about it now will have a positive impact on moving forward. But, um, you know, we've fought the civil war. We've gone through civil rights. That, none of that has, has changed. It's going to take each and every one of us to step up and, and, and be heard that this is, this is not appropriate behavior. This is horrible. This is terrorism. You know, people are worried about uh, Mexicans and Muslims. No, this, these are Americans terrorizing Americans, and we should not tolerate that. Right. So that's, you know, I, I, I worry for the kids um, because, well, the children are our future. There you go. Um, you know, and it, um, it's really hard to explain to them how this is happening. I saw one of the most terrifying pictures on posted on Facebook. It was images that came out of Charlottesville. And one of them was this tiny little, I would say, 18-month-old child, little, little itty-bitty, wearing the KKK wardrobe. Yep. And... I was just blown away. I, the image was the child was touching a riot shield that um, a black police officer was holding. So the image itself was the you know the contrast of this child's taught to be you know to or being taught to hate a certain skin color, but yet this guy is standing there calm with this little itty bitty you know touching his riot shield. To, but it that was not that didn't move me in ways that just that child dressed like that moved me it was it was mind boggling and that's you know we hear all the time hate is taught hate is taught hate is taught and that image alone was that's hate being taught to a child yes. who was wearing an outfit by one of the most yes. hate-filled organizations in the country and that was just, it, it was mind-blowing to me, really. It, that was a, a, the image that drove home really what it means to say hatred is taught. Yes. And it goes, in the South, it goes back generations. Yeah. You know, this is, this is something that has always been taught in the South. Um, I remember vividly being in um, the first grade, and in my classroom, um, the black kids were were at the back of the room, 
Now, this was after the Civil Rights Movement as well. And I asked, why, why can't I sit back there? Because I had friends that were at the back of the room, and they, the teacher was like, no, you belong up here. But why? You know, and I didn't understand. And I went home, and I asked my grandmother why, and she laughed at me for not understanding. And I, that absolutely terrorized me personally as a small child when my grandmother was laughing at me for asking a question because she always answered me. And she did not at that time know what to say to me. She didn't know how to explain it to me. And that wasn't, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not 100 and whatever years old that would, um, you know, make me have been around at the time of the Civil War. And I, I do remember civil rights marches, but I was quite young then. So it was, um, it's, it's something that has always, always, always been around, especially in the South. Um, and really, if there is anything positive, I've just gotten an alert that they are actually having um, Heather, is it higher, her um, memorial service right now. So um, that's the woman who was killed. I think everyone probably yeah. knows her name by now. But, um, you know, it, it's it's something that's not new. And if it has shocked people, if it has truly been a surprise to people, if people really had no idea this was still going on, at least maybe now they understand that it is going on. Excuse me, my allergies are driving me nuts this morning. <coughs> so, uh, you, you, where where do we go from here? What do what do we do? I know people are kind of divided. I've seen posts on social media that they should, you know, declare the white supremacists a hate group and domestic terrorists and arrest all of them and throw them in jail and lock them lock them up, throw away the key. I've had uh, other posts that I've noticed where people have said we need to combat the hate with love and and uh, understanding. And honestly, I don't understand how you could understand someone like that. But um, you know, what what do you what are your thoughts? What do you think that uh, we should be doing at this point moving forward? My thoughts are that you have a right to feel and think the way that you want, but you don't have a right to act out towards others in a hateful manner. Right. You know, absolutely. Because as, you know, as light workers, or, or I don't classify myself as one, but, you know, the whole human experience is the whole human experience. And we don't have a right to tell people that they are wrong for the way that they think and feel. We can only hope that they understand that by by hearing it, but not necessarily by lecturing them or con, you know condemning them or whatever. But um, they that that's where they are right now, and and they have that right to feel that way. They don't have a right to act out towards others. And hurt others, uh, whether it's verbally or physically or whatever the case may be, they don't have a right to 
to act out, but they do have a right to express themselves as well. So, you know, I don't, it's really, I don't know, Kelly, because (laughs) there's so many physical laws, particularly in America, and um, metaphysical laws, they are allowed to be that way. So I really, I don't know. I don't know. You know, here's one of the things that um, I personally encountered on my personal uh, Facebook page. And, you know, every time I post anything controversial, I have a huge, huge block of uh, people who follow me who I don't necessarily share a lot of um, ideas in common. But um, they were yelling, you know, in, in all caps, posting on my page, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. And freedom of speech, yes, absolutely, absolutely right. freedom of speech. However, freedom of speech does not give you the right to go out and kill and maim and injure people that you do not agree with. Exactly. And oftentimes, you know, if you want to really be heard, don't shout, don't yell, don't, you know, march through the streets of a town bearing tiki torches. Well, I I guess the bugs stayed away from them. That was the one, that was the one laugh I got was someone said, hey, look, they're carrying mosquito repellents with them. (laughs) But, you know, that's, that's not free. That goes beyond freedom of speech. We have freedom of speech, not freedom of maiming and killing and murdering. Right. Exactly. So I think hopefully um, maybe members of this group will kind of wake up and say, you know what? It went too far. It should not have gone that far. And, you know, yeah, if they want to assemble somewhere else, maybe they won't, maybe they won't take it to such extremes. I'm not advocating taking away anyone's freedom of speech. Even if I don't agree with them, they still have the right to their opinion. But what I would like to to see. Yes, absolutely. That we do have a right to assemble. The, the issue that I'm seeing with all of our rights, is from a document that was written how many years ago? And there were certain groups of people that were not included in that document who have now been added, um, you know, through the years to the document. But when freedom of speech was written, they were standing in front of a podium, in front of a collective group of people, speaking intelligently and intellectually through the debate process. They weren't screaming obscenities. And, you know, there's, there's this whole dynamic of what that meant and how they behaved like, then I say they behave like gentlemen because, you know, a group of white people wrote the document. We, you know, it was a completely different collective when that was written, when they had the right to assemble necessarily mean with pitchforks and torches. You know, exactly. It's so the dynamic of the population of the United States has absolutely changed since, you know, what, 1766, whatever, 1776. It's been 1776. It's been a long time. And that that's part of my thought process with it 
is if, you know, your freedom of speech is an amazing thing. Like you said, you don't have a right to hurt people. You don't have a right to drive your car into an anti-protest. Who people have a right, right to do that as well, to anti-protest, not drive cars into people. They have a right to anti-protest. But, right. you know, be a little, like you said, don't shout. Be a little more elegant in the way that you present your argument. It's just, it's mind-boggling how how it's changed and how it's been accepted that freedom of speech is just thrown out all over the place and it's it's exhausting. Yeah, it it goes beyond freedom of speech here. Um, If they were just speaking, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. And that's that's my that was my whole point. It and really, even though I find their ideology disgusting and vile and reprehensible, uh, you know they have a right to think what they think. You know, it's, yeah. it's uh, that's one of the one of the very heated conversations I've recently had with um, someone on social media who is from Thailand and who grew up eating dog meat. Right. And says, "How? Who are you to tell me my culture is wrong?" And it really made me think. Yes, in the Agreed. Western world, we uh, our our dogs are our pets. Well, right. mine are more like my children. Ask my kids; they'll tell you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's um, it's a culture difference, yeah. and you know. Who are we to tell another culture that they are wrong? You know, that's not our place. And really, the Nazi, the white supremacist, that is a culture. Now, it may be a subculture in the United States, but they do definitely have their own culture. Right. So even though we all, you know, pretty much everyone I know disagrees with them completely, we need to realize that that's their thing. That's not our thing. It's not my place to tell them they are wrong, even though I find their beliefs vile and disgusting. You know, it's, it is my place to stand up and say, you do not have the right to hurt anybody else. You do not have the right to kill people. That's where we can all come together and say, you, you want to you go off and, and believe your rhetoric? Go away from me and don't hurt anybody else. And you I think that's me. where. No, go ahead. You paused. You paused. I thought you were finished. I'm so sorry. You asked no, me okay. about, you know, um, what should we do at this point? Some people want to, you know, lock them away and throw away the key. Here's my question to people who feel that way. If we do that, where does the line stop? Where right. does it Where does it stop? And who, you know, I... I I read a lot of I read a lot of young adult and sometimes even teenage stories about like the future, you know, 200 years from now where the Hunger Games is happening or, you know, Maze Runner. I, I'm throwing those out there. If you haven't seen any of the movies, I do read the books, but go read them. They're great. And one that I just recently read was The Handmaid's Tale. 
and I couldn't put the book down. And I don't, I don't want to see the United States turning into any of these possibilities where there's this elite group of people who have started to say, this can't happen and this can't happen. We're going to lock you away and we're going to throw away the key on you. Because if we do that for hate groups, that opens up a very tiny slit in the door to turn this country into everything it's not supposed to be. And I, I don't want to go into a lot of details and a lot of hypotheticals, but, you know, they have a right to feel that way. They don't have a right to hurt. If they hurt, then they need to be prosecuted for that. Absolutely, they need to be, you know, dealt with, you know, through the law. But, right. you know, I don't know that I would be okay with a group of people being locked away for their beliefs. Right. Because that goes back to why some Europeans decided to break away from England to begin with. And persecution is persecution. Yep. It it absolutely is. (laughs) Yeah, it it absolutely is. You're absolutely right. I, I just... You know, there are, there are so many, um, there are so many people talking about so many different things that they think should be done. And I think the bottom line is we can't, as heinous as this crime was, we cannot to their level and say, you know, we're, we're going to, terrorize you now for a change we can't we can't do that and i see a lot of people wanting to go in that direction so um i i hope people really think and search their hearts for how they react because i'm seeing an awful lot of um vile reactions to a a vile thing that happened um we need to move forward in a way that will really bring home the point that this is the United States of America where this is happening. And it is composed of many, many, many different cultures and different religions and different speech and different everything. And we all need to learn to work together. We all need to learn to live together. We all need to learn to love and respect each other. And I think that's where this particular group falls flat, is they're not standing. We are all connected. And, you know, all we can do is hope, really, hope and pray for these guys, that they, they do start realizing that we are all connected. That's, that is my hope. My hope is that through what happened in Charlottesville, these people will maybe recognize themselves and look at how ridiculous they looked first off and then realize how horrible it was that they allowed their, you know, their freedom of speech to go so horribly, horribly wrong. Um, you know, I, while I would love for them to completely disband themselves and 
see the light and become kind, loving human beings, that's not my place to make that happen, nor is it anybody else's place. They have to do that themselves. Right. So that is my my rant for the day. You know, I, we we do have to realize we have freedom of speech in this country, and they do have the right to believe however they want. And that's a tough pill to swallow for many people, myself included. And it started getting me a little bit down, you know. How have we failed these people? How have what went wrong to make them think that way? And I had to ask myself questions, and I had to go back and remember my early childhood in the South. And I don't know that anyone did anything wrong. It was a whole mass generation after generation after generation fear that people who were different were somehow going to hurt us, so we would hurt them first. And that's what's been passed down. If if it took generation after generation after generation to get people to that point, it will take the same amount of time to change it. So, you have any anything else for this show? Because I I think we've we've kind of run the gamut on this, and the show didn't go exactly how um, I had thought it would. But uh, we spent a lot more time on this topic, but. It does all tie in with those negative feelings we all have. And once you look at those negative feelings you have and you can ask yourself questions about why is it making you feel that way, then you can change it. You can decide. You, can, you get to make the decision. Do I want to continue feeling this negative emotion or would I rather feel something that feels better? And and then that's when the light goes on and that's when you can change. So that's all I've got. What do you think, Lisa? I don't really have anything to add. I think I've babbled enough. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think this was a necessary show. I do believe everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. And um, this was something we needed to talk about clearly. So... Y'all can I message Kelly. <laughs> message Kelly if you have anything against what I said. <laughs> Just message Kelly. No, <laughs> I don't yeah, get thank messages you guys from our for listening. So anyway, really, I, I get, have a wonderful I get messages, <laughs> and, and usually it's it's when we've we've said something or I've said something that somebody disagrees with, and they decide to educate me. So. I welcome well, those messages. Post it message in the comments. <laughs> post it yeah. in the comments of yeah. our show so I can reply back. <laughs> well, yeah, and I get people messaging me on Facebook or through Messenger um, every show, and I really wish you guys would just pick up the phone and call in. I promise we will not bite you through the phone line. Uh, we right. would love to have people engage in these conversations with us, and I'm I'm seeing people now messaging me. So. Um, thank you guys for listening. Even though you're too chicken to call in, that's okay. <laughs> that's your right. <laughs> Y'all have a wonderful week. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>